discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified. Wow, it's a blessing. Lift up your right hand towards heaven and just thank God for this opportunity He has given to you to hear His word, to be here in His presence. Father, we give you glory. Oh, Labahada, Fazehede Gebe, Mondala Hashadabaye, Nando Hosustosto Nomone. Oh, we give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord. Hola hadabai, mandolo ho satana mande, ledo ho shana mande lebe, mando ho dababai, hola baba nande lebe, nando ho shakaba. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Father, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here with us this morning, ministering to us. Thank you for the ministry of your word and the ministry of your spirit. Thank you that our hearts and our minds are never the same again because of the word that we hear. We give you glory, we give you praise. Even in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory. Hallelujah. God bless you. May kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Wow. So at the beginning of the year, on 31st December 2019, we declared 2020 to be our year of what? Our year of the Spirit. And we mentioned that it's going to be a 10 in one year. You're going to accomplish in one year what people take 10 years to accomplish. And I don't know if that's been your testimony so far. It's been for some of us, and I know it's been for some of you as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if it hasn't gone too well, then there's still an opportunity for something great to happen in your life. And this month, we are going to be giving you some of the keys that can help you get something great happening in your life before the year ends. So this month, December, is a month of Praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. 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 Do you like what I just said? Yeah. It's a month of what? Praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving. So important. It's a key that gets almost anything accomplished. So important. And I'm going to be spending some time with you, four services with you on, on this particular subject to help you understand it and know how to put it to work for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible lets us know that we are blessed. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us? Did he say who is going to bless us? He says who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You must always know as a child of God where you stand. It's important you locate yourself. The reason why a lot of Christians are struggling and suffering is because of the fact that they can't identify. They don't know who they have become. And they don't know where they are. So it ends up affecting their prayer, their worship, their praise, their behavior in life. There are Christians who are trying for blessings. There are Christians who are struggling for nothing. I mean, you wonder why they are still struggling. Even in the darkest of dungeons, the life of God that we have been given as new creations is so powerful and does so much. It's important you know what has happened so that you don't say some things in your prayer. Bless me, bless me, bless me, O Lord. 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 When he says he has blessed you, is it that is what got Adam and Eve into trouble? The fact that they were trying to become what they already were. You know, Satan told them that if you partake of this fruit, you shall be like God. Meanwhile, they were like God already. But they didn't seem to understand what had happened to them. So it's important you know what has happened to you. Okay? So we don't praise and give thanks because we want to be blessed. Do you understand? Tell me, but we don't praise and give thanks because we want to be blessed. We're already blessed. Do you agree that you're already blessed? I'm not the one saying it's in the Bible. We are blessed. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So, Pastor, what happens when someone says, God bless you? I'm sure you are thinking about that. What happens when someone says, God bless you? Well, I'm blessed. You're also blessed. I can bless you with the blessings that I have. The Bible says, without controversy, Mm-hmm. The less is blessed by the greater. So someone who has understood the blessings of God higher than you can bless you. With the, with, from the level of the blessings of God he is enjoying, he can bless you. Do you understand? Jesus was sent to bless us. If you read in Acts, Acts chapter 3. Let's read from, from verse 24. Acts 3 from verse 24. He says, Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. This is um, Peter talking, okay? This is after the man who was impotent in his feet, who sat at the temple at the gate called Beautiful, was healed. You know, and they were the people were questioning with them, asking them how they got it accomplished, you know. So he says, Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophet and of the covenant which God has made with our father, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Have you seen it? Okay, next verse. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to what? 
he sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Amazing. He says he sent Jesus Christ to bless you. He raised him from the dead and sent him to bless you. So if Jesus blesses you, what other blessings do you need? Say I'm blessed. So we've been blessed. We are blessed and highly favored. We are the blessed of God and have become the blessing of God in the earth. We are the very expression of the blessing. If someone wants to know and experience the blessing of God, he has to come into contact with you. That is how special you are. God has set you as a blessing in the earth. God blessed Abraham and made him a blessing. He blessed him for him, for himself. You get it? For Abraham. Abraham was blessed for him to enjoy his blessings, the blessings of God. But after God had blessed him, he made him the very expression of blessings. So if anybody in the world needed to be blessed, he needed to be in touch with Abraham. That was why Lot was blessed by being with Abraham. Do you see? Lot just had great things happening to him just because he was associated to Abraham. <laughs> when he left Abraham, what happened to him? He lost it because he, he moved away from the blessing. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So never, never think that you do something to be blessed. All the things that we do in the body of Christ or in the house of God are for the purpose of helping us express that blessing that we are blessed with. Our giving is to express the blessing. It's not because when you give, God blesses you some more. You are blessed with all... Ah, I, I thought I, I just, we just mentioned. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with what? All. Not some. All. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So in Christ Jesus, we are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say it like you mean it. There's not, so there's nothing you will do to be blessed. Can you imagine? There's nothing you can do to be blessed. You're already blessed. If we think that you need to do a lot of things in order for the blessings of God in your life to increase or to get higher, then we are going to be in trouble. It means that God's work in the new creation was not enough. Meanwhile, in, even in the old creation, in Adam, God did something for them and he showed up. If you read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 into 28, look at Genesis 1, 27 into 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Isn't it amazing? He blessed them before he released them. Nobody sends out a product that is not going to work. That needs some attachment, some things to make it work. No. Some of us use Apple phones or Samsung phones or Huawei or whichever. Infinix. If they write on it water resistant, they mean it, isn't it? They mean it. If it falls into water, nothing is going to happen to it. They said it is water resistant. And they sent it out. They made it water resistant and sent it out. You were also blessed before you were sent out. The new creation is blessed by God before he was commissioned. So there's nothing we do. Get that clear in your mind. There's no amount of prayer that will cause you to be blessed. We don't pray because we want to be blessed. We pray because we want to have fellowship with the Lord. 
And in our fellowship with the Lord, our knowledge of him increases. And hence, our ability to express him increases. That's why we fellowship. That's why we pray. Not because... So don't go to a church and then... All my blessings have been stuck in the air are showing up. No. There's nothing like... There's nothing like... It's, it's, it's for babes, to be honest with you. It's for babes. But as you grow up, you grow up into the knowledge of God. The real knowledge of God. That makes you know that, listen, you are blessed. Always remember that. Everything I touch is blessed. Wherever I go, blessings follow. Now, what does it mean to be blessed? To be blessed means to be envied. To be envied. That's what it means. To be envied. You will not envy someone who does not have certain things. Hallelujah. To be envied. Tell them by means to be envied. Yeah. So if, if there's nothing special about somebody, you don't envy the person. You only envy people you know have some things, isn't it? So the guy, this guy, he's enjoying power, he's enjoying life. Then you can envy that, that person. So God has made you an enviable person. Yeah, everybody would want to be like you. See, I'm blessed. Yeah, so there's nothing. We don't fast so that we, we are blessed. No. Fasting is not for the purpose of procuring blessings from the Lord. <laughs> Do you see? Our giving is not to procure blessings from the Lord. Yeah, it's not. Our giving is to open channels for the blessings of God that we have to show forth. It's for the purpose of manifesting the blessings. Hallelujah. If you read in Ephesians chapter 1, for instance, we are blessed with all the power that we need. Can you imagine? That all the power that you will need in your life, all the power of God that you need has been given to you. As you are sitting here with that beautiful face of yours, okay, the power of God is inside. It's inside you, I tell you. It's higher than electricity. It's higher than the power of thunder. Yeah. The power of God that God used to create the heavens and the earth is sitting inside you. Can you imagine? In Ephesians chapter 1, go to Ephesians 1. Let's read from verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Next verse. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That is what you need. If there's anything that you, you need for your life, it's to have a revelation in the knowledge of God. To have a revelation concerning what God has done and who God is in your life. The reason why troubles seem to be higher in many Christians' lives is because they don't understand who God is. Do you see? If you understand and remember how big God is and how that that big God is inside you, there's nothing that you'll be afraid of. There's nothing that will come your way for you to think that, oh, this is the last, this is it. This is the last straw. I'm, I'm dead. I'm in trouble. It's finished. No, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like, there's nothing that can come your way for you to think that, oh, I'm done. This is it. I'm, I'm finished. No. Ye are of God, little children, and overcome them. Why? Because greater is he 
that is in you than he that is in the world. So he, he prays for you to have revelation of the one, the greater one who is inside you. How can I lose? I can't lose. Makes no difference where I am. Makes no difference where I found myself. Maybe you found yourself in a family that a dysfunctional family. Things are not working. Remember who is in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, you don't ask yourself questions before using your hands. You just use your hands to pick things and do whatever you want because you know you have them. Mm -hmm. Do you pray for God to give you extra hands? You don't. Why? Because you know you have it. And because you know you have it, you know how to use it. Yeah. So it all starts with knowing that you have. If you don't know that you have, there's going to be a problem. So he, he prays that you may be filled. He may, God, God will give you the spirit of wisdom. You see, and it, now, now he was writing to them and telling them that I pray that God does this for you. But if you are reading this for yourself or praying this for yourself, you don't pray that God will give it to you. You pray it in a different way. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of God. I have it. It's functioning in me. The spirit of wisdom is functioning in me. The spirit of revelation is functioning in me. As I open the word of God, I have revelation concerning God. My eyes are unveiled. The eyes of my understanding is enlightened. I have insight to know God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that knowledge is functioning in me actively. Actively. That's how you pray. That's how you pray it. Not I pray that you... You will always be praying with um, a certain sense of need. I mean, you are not the one who is in need. God does not look at you as one, someone who is in need. He looks at you as someone who is full. He says, and you are complete in him. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 10. Let's look at it. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. For in him, for in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the God of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. Next verse. Then he says, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Meaning that all that you need for life is inside. All the money you ever have in your life is inside. All the health you ever require is inside. Your husband is inside. Your wife is inside. Your children are inside. Your houses are inside. The people you bless are inside. Your calling is inside. Everything you need is inside. Hallelujah. That is why we speak in tongues. We speak in tongues to bring what is inside out. You see, he always lets you know, there's no sense of need when it comes to God. When you read the scriptures very carefully, you realize that the new creation is full. He has all that he needs. You see, he has all that he needs. If you're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's read verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2, 12. We've had a lot of teaching over the years. You know, a lot of Old Testament teaching for New Testament folks. So there are a lot of New Testament folks who are living in the Old Testament. That is a problem. That is a current problem that we have. Yes, it's a problem. It's a big problem to differentiate between what is not for us and what is for us. Do you see? For instance, Moses says, if your presence does not go with me, I will not go. Do you have to pray that prayer as a child of God, as a born-again Christian? You don't pray that prayer. Why? Because the presence of God is in you. It's in you. 
And the more you fellowship with him, the more his presence shows up around you. But his presence is in you. It may not be showing around you, but it's in you. Why is it not showing around? It's not showing around you because you don't, it's like uh, not acknowledging your wife or your brother that is your brother or your sister that is your sister, even though she's there. You don't acknowledge that. So you don't see her effectiveness around you. Nobody, nobody, nobody will enjoy your, your sister if you don't introduce her. When you get to a place, you don't say anything. You, you are the one who is known there. When you get there, you don't see anything about her. She's there with you, but you don't see anything about her. And then you are relating with your people. How will she have expression? She won't have expression. Because you've not acknowledged that. You've not introduced her to anybody. So she can't talk to anybody, isn't it? It's the same with God. God is inside you. But for him to show up around you, he says, introduce me wherever you go. Let people know that I'm around. Yeah. That's why he says, the one who loves me, I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. I will let everybody know that I love him. I will let everybody know that I love this one. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. So that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Of what? Of God. So that we might know. So our Christian growth is a growth in knowledge of what God has given to us. You have all. There is nothing you do to procure anything. You are complete in him. Who is the head of our principality and powers? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Is there any shadow of doubt concerning the fact that the Holy Ghost is given to us in the scripture? It says the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Not which will be given to you. Or which will be given to you when you are good or not good. Which is? Paul communicated the revelation of the fact that things are. If the Holy Spirit has been given to you, then what else do you need? What else do you need? So a lot of Christians go in search, a wild goose chase, an adventure that will never end. Looking for God. Meanwhile, God is right inside. Waiting for you to say hello. We pray with God outward consciousness instead of God inside consciousness. See, I'll never be like that. Maybe you are like that, but you'll not be like that forever. You'll not be like that for long. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 17 to 18. It says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. Next verse. Then it says, so that the eyes of your understanding, the more of the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God that is revealed to you, the more the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit is enlightened. Okay? The eyes of your understanding is enlightened. The word understanding is dianoia. It means imagination. The eyes of your imagination. Your imaginative ability is enlightened. It's flooded with light. The word, so amplified lets you know. It's by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Do you see? So that you can have more access. You can imagine what God has done. Some more. <laughs> your mind is so powerful. Your, without your mind, spirituality is nothing. You can, we cannot be spiritual without our minds. 
Because whatever it is that you experience spiritually, you must know in your mind. If you have a spiritual encounter and you never knew it in your mind, how would you know that you had a spiritual encounter in the first place? Because your mind is so important. Your mind is so important. Without your mind, the one of the spirit does not function. It doesn't work. So he prays that whatever happens in the spirit will have an effect on your mind for you to have continuous imaginations, fresh imaginations of what God has made you and what God has done. So that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You may know that there's a hope to your calling. There's something at stake. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? All these are powerful, but not today. Let's go. Verse 19. Then he says, I, I, I'm praying for you to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation for the eyes of understanding to be enlightened so that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. So that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. He wants you to know that go to verse 19 verse 19 amplified what would our lives be without the word of God? no matter how many times Jesus reveals himself to you, if you don't know the word you will not understand his revelations you won't the word of God is too important. It's too important. Without that, you, you, you've not started. Hallelujah. He says, and so that you can know. Did he say, and so that you can procure? He says, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. Do you believe? As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. He says, he, so he's describing the power that is at work in you, for you to know. He says that that power was demonstrating the working of his mighty strength when he raised Jesus up from the dead. The power that raised Jesus up from the dead. Resurrection power is what is inside you. So when the problem comes, why should you, why should you think that, oh, my life is done? I don't know how things are going. Every time I try to do something, it does not work. I don't know. Maybe I need to see this man of God. You don't need this man of God. The purpose of a man of God in your life is to share with you, let you know what God has done. You see, I can pray for you to be blessed. But it will go for two weeks, at most a month. Yes. It's just like hugging somebody. When you hug someone, the perfume, the smell of the person comes on you. And when the person shows up, when you show up somewhere... If the other person knows that knows the perfume of the, the one you had, he will ask, ah, were you with this person? Were you with Pastor T? Because when I hug you, my smell comes on you. Do you see? That's what happens when you, when you encounter a man of God. The, the smell of the anointing, of the, of the influence of the Spirit, rubs up on you, rubs off on you. If I pray for you, that's what happens. Do you see? So if you notice, you have... A certain spiritual ecstasy over a period. But after, after a while, it goes. Because you don't have the perfume. The perfume is in my house. It's not in your house. What you need to do is to get the perfume. When you get the perfume, you can spray on you at any time. And have that smell at any time. Yeah. So that consciousness that Christians have developed over the years, that the solution is in the man of God, or in a certain church somewhere, it's a very sad story. Do you see? It's very sad. So you see people meeting this man of God. 
then we meet this other one. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, then Sunday they are in their normal church. Then they go. There's something wrong. You you have a very big problem. And unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, they are confused by many doctrines and many revelations. It's a problem. About four years ago, I had a vision. I saw a woman with a child at her back. I told my wife. And that woman was going from church to church. Church to church. And she met this man of God who looked very holy, very pure. You know? And the man of God was talking to the woman and inviting her. You know, she had come to his church and as he spoke to her, there was like this mirror through which the man of God went. When he went through the mirror, he became Satan himself. And the woman entered the mirror and entered hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, what does it mean? it mean? What it means is that doing what, doing these things, going up and down, go here, you go here, you go here, you go here, you go here, it will lead you to hell. It will lead you to hell. That's not the design of God. That's not what God has designed. Okay? Yeah. Most of these people are not from God. They don't know God. You don't need to go somewhere for the power of God. The power of God is inside you. If you go somewhere, it's to know what is working in you already. If you go somewhere, they don't point you to what is working in you already. You should be careful. Run away. So he says, I'm praying that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. The greatness, the ability of God that is at work in you. I'll never fail in my life. See, I'm a success. Every day of my life. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. Hallelujah. So you can't get the power of God. It's inside. What we can give you is a taste of the power that is inside. That's what we can give you. Who, who goes to a party and eats only the, the small chops? No, there's a, main, there's a main meal. You have to get in on the main meal. Not on the small chops. Okay? What do you think about what I'm saying? Yeah. So we don't pray because of blessings or because we want more power. We don't fast because we want blessings or because we want more power. If I fast, it's because I want the power to show up some more. Do you see? I want that power that is at work in me to show up, to have better expression. Better expression. How? How does fasting work? Fasting causes you to focus. Without fasting, you can't focus. Your mind will be all over the place. Your body will be all over the place. Do you see? Because the voice of your mind and the voice of your body are very loud. That's why when you're praying, your body doesn't like it. When you start praying, then your, your mind starts talking. Ah, we are, we are, your body will start telling you that we are tired. I thought we were, we were tired. I thought we were going to sleep. What is all this? Then your mind will start. Pick your phone. Let's do something else. Someone just texted you. You can't keep the person waiting. You have to text back. So fasting helps you to focus. Do you see? It helps you to focus. It helps you to silence the voice of your body, your flesh, and silence the voice of your mind so that you can focus on the voice of your spirit and what your spirit is saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the things we do in church are to help us manifest what is already inside. 
not to procure anything. It's for the purpose of helping you manifest. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 20. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Have you seen it? Let's read it together. Maybe you are not seeing it. One to go. Hmm? He says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Do you believe it? Yeah. Your whole Christian journey is about this. For you to know that God can do anything. What can't you do? What can't God accomplish? What can't be, what can't be done? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. If it had been just that, we would have put all the responsibility on God. If the scripture had ended with a full stop over there, then it means that we could have just said that, oh, we are waiting for God to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But he, look at the rest. According, he does it according to the power that worketh in you. Now, the power of God is already inside, right? Now he's saying that that power can be at work on a high level or on a low level. It all, it all depends on you. According, he's able to accomplish abundantly above all that you can ask or think. What are you asking for? What are you thinking about? You are praying for a child. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can think or ask for. You want your business to work more than you can ask or think for. You want to get a scholarship to school abundantly above all that you can ask or think for. You want a beloved. You want a, you want a husband. Abundantly above all that you can think or ask for. Abundantly above. You want your healing. You want some healing in your body. Abundantly above. What you can ask. What you can think or ask for. But it's all according to the working of his power in you. So all the things that we do are to help you to work the power inside you some more. That is why we do the preaching. The giving, the praise, the thanksgiving. So I'm, I'm specializing on praise and thanksgiving this month. But it's for the purpose of helping you work that power of God that is at work in you already. So that you can have results. So that God can do what he's been wanting to do all this while. Or what he set out to do in your life. You can have the expression of God in your life. That's the reason I'm going to be sharing these things with you. That's the reason why we preach to you, actually. You see, that's the reason why we preach to you. To help you work the power. To show you how to work the power. That is inside. It's just like uh, the power of electricity, like I was saying. You know, if the current is low, if the power is low, you will not have the effects that you want. Some things cannot be powered in the house. The deep freezer will not work. Yeah. You may have some bulbs working, but even that one, it will be very dim. Why? Because the working of the power is not much. So the expression or the result that you want does not show. God is able to do exceeding and badly above what you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. 
So praise and thanksgiving. Tell me about praise and thanksgiving. It's a major. Hmm? Let me read what I wrote here. Praise and thanksgiving in the midst of trouble and contrary circumstances is one of the highest ways of releasing the power of God in our spirits for mind-blowing results. Did you hear what I said? Praise and thanksgiving in the midst of trouble and contrary circumstances. Hmm? In the midst of trouble and contrary circumstances is one of the highest ways, if not the highest, of releasing the power of God in our spirits for mind-blowing results. You give God a marvelous opportunity to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. You give God a marvelous opportunity to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. It's one of the highest ways of releasing the power of God that is residence in our spirits. Praise and thanksgiving in the midst of contrary situations, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of limitations, in the midst of challenges. When you learn to praise and thank God, you'll be surprised at what will happen. Check your Bible, you'll be surprised. Are there many examples that are written all over the scriptures of people who praise God and thank God in the presence of their challenges? When the children of Israel were going round and round and round and round the, the walls of Jericho, what were they doing? They were quiet. That was they were quiet for six days. For six days they were quiet. They were moving around. Why? Because God wanted them to know the power of what they were going to do. They needed to meditate to understand. So that it will not be, you see, singing is not necessarily praise. You are able, great and mighty God. You are able, Jesus. There is nothing, nothing. You can be singing and never think about the words. It doesn't mean much to you. We are, it's a praise song. There is nothing, eh, eh, nothing we can, eh, eh, eh. Listen, it goes beyond that. That is why, even though that is a package that is set by God in the house of God, a lot of children of God don't have anything. They don't get anything out of it. For a whole year, their praise never, ever gets them anything. It doesn't shake anything. Why? Because they've never thought about it. God is giving an opportunity. I said it's, a, it's, it's like a, a last um, means of having some results in your life. It is. It is. When you allow praise to, to come out of your spirit, it has so much power. You have no idea. So much power. And there are so many testimonies. I'll give you some of my testimonies. So many testimonies. In the midst of contrary situations, circumstances, that are contrary to what God has said concerning you, you learn to praise. Hallelujah. There are three very powerful examples in the New Testament I want to show you. Look at Mark. Mark chapter 8. Let's read from verse 1. Mark chapter 8 from verse 1. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called the disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. So these guys 
they just followed Jesus. You know, Jesus was going for a retreat. And whilst he was going with his disciples, the people saw him going. They saw he had taken a ship going towards a certain mountain. But there was a way that you could use to walk on foot to get there. The Bible says they ran out of their cities and their towns on foot. It's in the chapter before. They ran out of their cities on foot and met him on the mountain. So when Jesus got there, they were there already. And he had no, he couldn't send them out. They were going to rest too. The disciples were going to rest with Jesus. You can look for it. And then this happened. And they stayed with him for so long. They stayed with him for three days. He was teaching them and preaching to them for three long days. Now, after the third day, he realized that their supplies were finished. So he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. They are not, they've not eaten anything. Next verse. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. For divers of them came from far. You see how God thinks about you? Jesus was thinking about them. That's how God thinks about you. Never think God does not think about you. God thinks about you. Say, God thinks about me. Yeah. Say it again. God thinks about me. I am important to God. Yeah. And he makes provision for me. Jesus wanted to make provision for them. He says, I don't want to send them away. They will faint. They may collapse on the way as they go. Some of them came from far. We can't send them away. What do we do? Next verse. And the disciples answered, answered, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Where are we going to get bread for these people? Next verse. And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. The whole camp had seven loaves of bread. Tea bread, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What is this among so many? Only one person can eat it. I have some people who can. Yes. I have some people. That's saw that one. They will just finish it within some five to ten minutes to be done. All they need is a very big jug of, uh, of tea. Hallelujah. What is this among so many? Sometimes you have small money for your business or for your life. Like, it's not much. You want to accomplish something, the money you have is nothing. You, it's less than 10% of what you need to accomplish what you are going to do. Is there a way? Jesus showed us that there, there is a way. And there's another portion that there's, that there are references in Luke and Matthew where he says that Jesus himself knew what he would do. He knew exactly what was going to do. There are two reports on this. There's one where he fed 5,000. There's another where he fed 4,000 men. Women and children are not part. He knew. He himself knew what he was going to do. He knew what he was going to do. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. And break and gave to disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes. And he blessed the fishes. He invoked the blessings of God upon the fishes. And commanded to set them also before them. Next verse. So they did eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. 
What a miracle. How did he get this miracle? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. In the midst of his challenge, he did not complain. God, I don't know. How are we going to get this done? The disciples were saying that. How are we going to get this done? How are we going to get meat for these people? But Jesus decided to do something else. He decided to give. He gave thanks for what he had. If you give thanks for what you have or for what level you are on, it will do a lot for you. You'll be surprised. In the midst of your challenge, in the midst of your trouble, so you look at the year, nothing has happened for you. Start thanking God for whatever it is that you have. What do you have? If for nothing, you have life. You have life. You have life. COVID-19 has been in the, in, the, in the system all this while. You've not had any COVID-19. You're around. Isn't it? Learn to be grateful to God. Start thanking God. That is the means of your multiplication. Without that, you cannot multiply. Without thanksgiving, you cannot multiply. There's nothing that can happen. A lot of Christians have this bitterness thing with God and what they are asking God for. You're asking God for something. It does not happen. So you are loggerheads with God. There's a problem. A big problem. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse, let's read from verse 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 17. Let's read from 16 rather. Go to 16. He says, rejoice evermore. Do you understand that? Okay, you, I'll come back to this. Rejoice evermore. Next verse. Pray without ceasing. Next verse. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When it comes to us being in Christ, the will of God concerning us in Christ is for us to give thanks. In everything that you, in every situation you find yourself in, no matter what has happened, no matter what is going on, your job, your position is that of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I am grateful. I am thankful. Thank you for what I have. I may have lost this and lost that, but thank you that I have this and I have that. That is where your multiplication is. And it has to stem out of a grateful heart. Not a lip service. Out of the recesses of your heart. Jesus gave thanks for what he had. Give thanks for what you have. Give thanks. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God. You want to know the will of God concerning you? It says give thanks. Give thanks for the fact that you are in Christ. Give th- if for nothing, you are still in Christ. You have not fallen out of Christ. You can never fall out of Christ. Give thanks for the fact that the power of God is working in you. Give thanks for the fact that the Holy Spirit is, is at work in you. Give thanks for the fact that you are strong, you are healthy. Even if you are not, if, if you are not healthy, don't worry. Give thanks for the health that you have. Because it could have been worse. And the more you give thanks, the more you see things changing. Yeah. That is one of the highest means of expressing the power of God. When Jesus gave thanks, the power of God came upon that bread. The Bible says that he broke it in his hand and gave it to the disciples. So he kept breaking the bread. That was the miracle. He kept breaking the bread. The more he broke and gave it out, the more it multiplied. When he breaks it, it comes back. Then he breaks, it comes back. Then he breaks, then it comes back. You know, George Wula had a very interesting testimony along this line. He had these orphans that he was taking care of. And he took care of them without money. He didn't have any money. He took care of 10,000 orphans in his lifetime. 
took all of them to school, university and all of that, without having a dime. You know what he did? Every time he knew that and thank God. One day, their supplies were gone. All their food was finished. There was no food. There was nothing. And he gathered all the children. He knew there was nothing. The woman in the kitchen made him know that there's nothing. The woman was crying. There's nothing that we have. He said, gather all the children. They gathered together. They got their plates with their forks and spoons and knives, everything at the table, at the dining table. And he told them, let's give thanks. Let's pray. And thank God for food. Thank God for food. The food that we are coming to eat this morning. The woman in the kitchen was confused at what they were doing. They gave thanks. As soon as they said amen, they heard a knock on the door. When they opened the door, a man who was carrying bread, he said he doesn't know what happened to him, but the whole night he has been baking. He has been baking throughout the night. Baking throughout the night. When he finished baking, all those plenty bread that he doesn't need, he will not sell. God told him to bring it to them. So he brought the bread. Then, just when he left, a man with milk came. And said that, I was taking the milk to the next town, but my cart has broken down. I cannot take it to the next town. If I don't take it, it will get spot. You know, these fresh milk, they'll get spot after some time. They'll get, there, was, there were no fridges at that time. It will get spot. And I just remember that you guys are here. The orphanage is here, so I, I, I decided to bring them to you. They had bread, they had milk, and they had everything that they needed. You know, as a pastor, I learned to thank God for the offerings that come. When we receive the offerings, the first thing I do is to thank God for it and bless it. I told our pastors to do that, to bless, thank God and bless it. Because it's not enough. Whatever we give, if we decide that we are going to do calculation for the church, because the needs are plenty. I can't, t- I can't begin to tell you the budget for next year. If I tell you, you may collapse. The things we need to do, you'll be surprised. The church admin is here. You'll be surprised. So many things that we need to do. How are we going to get it accomplished? Thanksgiving. Whatever God gives to us, we thank him for it. This is what God has given to us. Thank you, Father, for supply. Thank you that it accomplishes more than we ever thought of or, or believed. Yeah. And then we set, we set ourselves going. It's amazing. It is amazing. If you look at the things we're able to accomplish, you wonder who is in the church. Who is the one accomplishing it? It's not us. There's a, mirac- there's a continuous flow of the miracle that is happening with our finances. Yeah. So you realize that you have 10 CDs. Don't complain. I only have 10 CDs. I don't know. It's not going to be enough. No. Thank God for what you have. Thank you, Father. Have a joyful spirit. Do you know what he said? He said, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In all things, give thanks. For this it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It wasn't just concerning the thanksgiving. It's with respect to rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, give thanks. These are the three things that he wants you to do as a new creature. In Christ Jesus, he wants you to rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. No matter what you find yourself in, rejoice. Do you understand rejoice? It means to be glad. To be excited. When the situation comes, be excited. When the challenge comes, be excited. Don't grumble. I don't know. You may grumble for two minutes, but after that grumbling, put it aside and start rejoicing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You may cry for two minutes, but after you have cried, wipe your tears and say, devil, you are in trouble. Because of what you did, you will see how I'm going to rejoice. 
Yeah. And then you start rejoicing. You start rejoicing. Adebo will start thanking God before he prays. He will just start, thank you. You are almighty. You are, you are this, you are that. Thank you for the healings. And the healings are just happening. Thanksgiving. I remember years ago, my wife and I had been married for close to four years without a child. You know, and we were praying, we had been praying for a child. Praying, declaring, doing all kinds of things. It was not happening. There was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing wrong with my wife. But the child was not showing up. Do you know that our child showed up when we started praising God? Aye, God has given me victory. That was the song we're singing, isn't it? Aye, he has given me victory. Within that month, my wife conceived. And I don't know how. I don't know which one. Yeah. Within that month, my wife conceived. And gave us that beautiful baby boy you see around there. Yeah. In the midst of your challenges, if you look, you see, because praising God and thanking God in the midst of your challenges shows that it's the expression of, it's the greatest expression of your faith. It shows that you are not looking at the situation any longer. You are now looking at God. Instead of magnifying the situation, what you don't have, and how things, how bad things are, and all those things, you start looking at God and start magnifying God and start saying that, ah, you are all I have. You are greater than this thing. You are all. You see, and that, that power of God that has been working in you all this while works to another level and shows forth around you to cause a change around you. Yeah. Look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let's read from verse 22. This is the will of God concerning your life. Rejoice. Anybody rejoice? Rejoice evermore. Evermore. Always excited. I'll share some more with you. He says, And the multitude rose up together against them. This is Paul and Silas. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. These are men of God who are being stripped of their dresses and being beaten. They were beaten. Next verse. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. For what? For what? They didn't do anything wrong. They were just preaching the gospel. <laughs> they casted out the devil out of somebody. This is what casting out the devil got them. Well, this is what it brought them. It brought stripes on their backs and it put them in jail for casting out the devil. Next verse. Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. He tightened their feet in the stocks. You are not moving, not even an inch. And at midnight, at the height of their trouble, at midnight, maybe you are, you are in the midnight portion of your life. What do you do? Praise is what you do when you don't know what to do. Yes. Praise is what you do when you don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do. When all is, is that's why I said it's like it's a, it's a last weapon that you use. When you don't know what to do, he prays. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Remember, he says, This is the will of God concerning your life. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In all things, we give thanks, isn't it? So at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They went quiet. They went, they went and say, Oh, that's any 
Kaindunya miaya mau na panase manu na vayi manu. No, they were shouting on top of their voice. They were praising God. You see, and they were not praising God to be free. They were not praising to God, God to be free. They were praising God for His beauty, the beauty of His holiness, for His magnificence, for His greatness, for giving them the opportunity to go through sufferings because of Christ. They were thanking God. What do you do when some suffering comes because of your believing in the Lord? Do what they did. Praise. Start thanking God. The other apostles also did the same in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 5. When they were lashed, they were apprehended, apprehended and lashed. When they lashed all of them and they released them, the Bible says that they rejoiced and were glad that they had the opportunity to be partakers of the sufferings of Christ. Yeah. Not we don't know. Since we started believing in God, all these problems have come. There are problems that come because of the word. There are problems that come because of the word, because of what you believe. But when those problems come, you don't cry. No, you don't cry. He says, rejoice evermore. In all things, give thanks. Count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. When you go through diverse tests, he says, count it all joy. What a blessing. What a blessing. I can never go down. You see, praises in the times of challenges gets the devil confused. Because he was expecting something else from you. He was expecting that, ah, you will cry. And you will be, you'll be, you'll be down for the next one year. But then you surprise him. He surprised surprised with an an attack. And then you surprise him with an attack as well. What surprise attack do you have for him? Joy. Thanksgiving. Gladness. Praises. The Bible says they were in prison. Their hands were... You see, there's nothing like being beaten and then you can't touch it. When you are beaten, you should be able to touch it. You can comfort yourself with your touches. You know? I don't know if you... Those of you who went to school and then they lash you at your back, you do this. You, you just make an attempt to touch it so that you can soothe yourself. That was, I didn't like taking lashes from my palm. But if you take lashes from your palm, you, how do you soothe your palm? You can't soothe. What do you use to soothe yourself? It's not hurting you. So I preferred my buttocks on my back. Yeah, my school, they were into beating only your back. They beat our back, I just not do anything to us anymore. Because some of us will bleed at our backs. Our school uniform had, you know, blood stains in our school. Yeah. We're blessed, I tell you. <laughs> so they started lashing our cows. Yeah. You see beautiful ladies' faces with stripes on their cows. <laughs> if Pastor Willand was here, he would have told you. If uh, Pastor Philip was also here, he would have told you. Yeah. It was not a small school. They sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Look at the next verse. And suddenly, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, according to the working of his power that is at work in you. How do you work that power? Thank him in the midst of challenges. In the midst of confusion. Give him praise. There's a family that was on their way to... This is a true story that happened in America. That was on their way to a camp. They were going for a vacation. And they had a serious accident. Very wild accident. They lost the car. But none of them was hurt. They all came out of the car. I was cut. There was no anything on them. And when they came out, 
They didn't complain to God that, ah, our car is poor, what, what are we going to do? They started thanking God for what they have. They checked their body, they realized everybody is fine. They started praising God. Started thanking God. Lord, you are great. Lord, you are great. You are glorious. You are wonderful. They, they were thanking God. There was another family that was close by that had a ranch there and saw the car accident. Came and realized what had happened. They said, man, you guys are blessed. Not knowing the ranch that they were on, where they were, was a very beautiful, beautiful place. That you could, I mean, where they were going for the vacation could not be compared to where they were. And that family gave them a very nice vacation. They were sitting on horses and enjoying pools and all kinds of things in that place. Can you imagine? And amazingly, the owner of the place, the man of that place, was not born again. His wife had tried to get him born again by getting him to churches and all that, but he was not getting born again. But when he saw what had happened with these people and how they were thanking God and rejoicing, he gave his life to Christ. Yeah. He gave his life to Christ. That's what Thanksgiving does. Hallelujah. So never, never get into the place where you are, you are so worried for a long time. If something bad happens around you, cry for some few minutes. We move there, we move. We move. Let's move on. What do we do? What can we do? What you do? What you do? You must move on. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Wow. They were not praising God because of this. They were praising God because they, they, they loved God. And they wanted to thank Him. Let joy flow out of your spirit. Let thanksgiving flow out of your spirit. Not, not just, you know, singing songs that you're not thinking about. Let it stem out of your spirit. And watch your life go forward. You know why I know I'll never go down? Because I have this, I have this too. Yeah. When something happens, you, you, you think, hey, what's this? No. Let's move on. Let's thank him. Let's thank him for what we have. Let's thank him for what, the, what could have happened. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. But it, it didn't happen like that. What do we do? We need to thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for safety, for preservation, for life. Thank you. We are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you that I'm not dead. I am not, you are not dead, though. You are alive. Ask your neighbor, are you dead? What do your neighbor say? You are, you are alive. You are alive. If you are alive, then you have, you have more than you can ever think. See, my life is going upwards. And forwards. Only. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you ready to thank God this morning? Rise upon your feet and just give God glory. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.